Guys, it drives me nuts how much work goes into being a creator and how little recognition we get for all of our hard work. It doesn't happen all the time, but there's plenty of times where people just don't understand what goes into being a creator and they absolutely don't appreciate everything that we have to do to make it happen. Let me guess, right now you are probably nodding your head in agreement. One of the things that I see creators struggle with most, myself included, is basically being present and active on all of the different social media platforms. Of course, we probably have, you know, one or two platforms that we put the most work into, but we're expected to be on so many different platforms at once in so many different places at once. One of those places is Pinterest. Aside from pinning DIY projects or a wedding inspo for our own pleasure, we're also expected to create content on Pinterest. For me, posting is not a big issue. It's mostly trying to find the time to learn how the heck to master this platform. How many times have you hopped on TikTok or Instagram Reels to scroll across a video that's basically a creator sharing how they post their content to Pinterest? You know, they show their process and then they talk about how beneficial Pinterest has been to their success. I feel like I have seen this video so many times and every time I see it, I'm just like, how the heck are you doing this? I do the same thing and I'm not having the same results. I still can't figure out exactly how to grow and monetize my Pinterest consistently as a creator. You're probably feeling the same, right? But fear not, okay, in the last few months, I've actually been doing a lot of research about Pinterest and learning a lot. So I actually realize it's more of a search engine than it is a social media platform. Did you know that it can take actually a couple of months for your content to get indexed into the search results before you see growth? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to learn, okay? I'm Kristen Busquet and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in $300,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is a podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. This week, we are actually here with two special guests. We have Whitney and Allie, the two Pinterest pros behind Ride the Wave Social. Whitney is a verified resident Pinterest creator with a background in creative marketing that fuels her passion for brand integrity and turning first-time followers into brand loyalists. Allie is a certified Pinterest strategist with a passion for fusing innovative strategy with authentic content to help grow an engaged community on social media. Ride the Wave is a Pinterest-first social media agency for content creators specifically. They help creators, service providers, and course creators use the power of Pinterest to build an engaged community, increase their income streams, and diversify their online presence. Literally everything I need to do. Like, do they need to come work for me? <laughs> Today, we're answering all of your questions about Pinterest, okay? So how can you grow the views and followers on Pinterest? What are the best way to research keywords for this platform? Where do we even need to put those keywords? How can we actually make money on Pinterest? We're giving you the scoop on all things growing and monetizing your Pinterest as a creator. This, my biz BFFs, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 31 of Social Scoop. I'm Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here, but today I'm especially excited that you're here. It's a huge day at Social Mate. Own Your Influence is officially open for enrollment, okay? Our 10-week group coaching program, it's going to equip you with everything you need in order to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. So a few years ago, I was in your exact position. I was working a job that made me so miserable. I wanted to quit it so that I could do something that I really loved and, and genuinely enjoyed doing every single day. And I'll tell you, I never thought that I would be where I am today. It's crazy to think about. I never thought. There are just so many challenges that I went through in my journey to being a full-time creator. And those challenges are exactly 
why I created Social Mate and our programs. That's exactly what I'm here to help you through. I mean, literally, why would you not want someone by your side so that you don't have to make all of the same mistakes that so many creators make that can short them money, short them time, and honestly, just energy and sanity. (laughs) Plus, you get tons of incredible resources. We have organizational and business templates, our pitching and negotiations ebook, collaborative brand email list that all of my students past and present are working on, and me whenever you need me. I mean, I literally talk to my students every single day. What the heck are you waiting for? If you're ready to be a full-time creator or even just make some decent income from all the work that you're putting into creating, check out the description of this episode. You can head to our website and get enrolled there. So I hope to see you guys all in the program. Like it's literally my favorite part of my job. Also, we've got some pretty good news this week, okay? Instagram and TikTok have some things going on. First of all, Instagram actually shared this big article that had like quite a few things, these new creative tools and features for reels that they're working on. So I wanted to share them with you. So cool. Some of them are really cool. First of all, we have poll, quiz, and emoji slider stickers first made popular on Instagram stories are now expanding to reels. This is kind of cool. You know, like you can post a reel and have a quiz in there or a poll or one of those emoji sliders. I am really curious to see what that looks like and how many people are going to interact with them. But I love the idea. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So I'm very excited about that. They're also going to be allowing you to extend your video up to 90 seconds. So on TikTok, we know that we can do, you know, up to, I think it's up to 10 minutes now. I actually just got on one of the accounts that I work with. We just got a notification saying they can do up to 10 minutes. I have it on my personal account yet, but I've seen it. So I know it's coming. It only makes sense that Instagram is going to extend the amount of time they're allotting for videos as well. So as of right now, we have a max of 60. It is coming up to 90 if you don't already have that. Also, you'll be able to import your own audio. So you can import your own audio directly within Instagram Reels, which is a game changer for creating one-of-a-kind Reels on the go. So you'll be able to import audio from anything that's on your phone, any videos on your phone. Also, templates. We talked about this quite a few weeks ago. I'm really excited for this. I think this is going to be a time saver. And I'm all about time because guys, your time as a creator is truly one of the most valuable times. So I'll read you what it says. Templates let you easily and quickly create your own reel using the same structure as a reel that you've watched. When you see a reel that you'd like to recreate, tap use template to pull in the audio and clip sequence. You can then customize it with your own content by adding and trimming. So you know that there's like all of these trends where videos are, you know, playing and they're going with the music and all of that. You'll now, instead of trying to figure out what the timing is for all of those, you'll just be able to hit use template, add your own content in, and it literally makes the video for you. That is a game changer. I think these are all really great Instagram reels. Thank you. Thank you for finally giving us some updates that we actually need and genuinely care about (laughs) because I was getting a little worried for some time there. Also, TikTok is launching clear mode for a distraction-free scrolling experience. So I'll kind of give you the information that we've been given so far. Currently, it is in testing mode with select users, so there's a pretty good chance you probably don't have this yet. So what clear mode is, it gets rid of all the clutter on the screen. So that would be captions, buttons, all of those things so that when you're viewing content on the app, all you see is the video. So once clear mode is activated, you will no longer see usernames, captions, audio information, and more. In some cases, it appears that you can get rid of the like, comments, and share buttons as well in order to have a completely distraction-free viewing experience. Now listen, I understand this for users 
I mean, yes and no. I guess I, I almost don't. Because, like, how distracting are the buttons, really, guys? They're really not that distracting. And the captions, like, it's not, like, that's what you're looking at immediately. Like, we're still all just looking at the video. So I can see it, but I also don't really know that it's the most relevant. However, for creators, I don't love this because if that like button and that comment and that share button are not there or even the captions. I know that sometimes like I'll link other videos in the captions or have important information in the captions. With that not there, that does change a lot of things for us. So I'm curious to see, you know, like how this will affect interactions and engagement. It is something that people have to activate. So it's not automatically just going to be on for everyone. And again, I don't know how many people are really going to go in there and turn this on, but we'll just have to see. Again, it is only in testing mode right now. Maybe they won't even release it. We'll see what happens. Instagram is working on the ability to start live videos for only your close friends. So if you have this beautiful close friends list built up and it's all your people and maybe you have something that you wanted to share exclusively to them in a live video, they are actually working on the ability to make this happen. So I think it's kind of cool. The way I can kind of see this working, especially for anyone who provides a service or a product, would basically be having your close friends list as a list of people who you know, are interested in your services or your product. They're really genuinely interested. And you could even do polls, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be releasing this, you know, early release or early bird, whatever it is on my close friends, who wants to get on my close friends, whatever it is. And then from there, basically they will be able to see this exclusive content. And maybe you share like, you know, you get on there and share a discount code. Oh, this product is for, you know, I'm showing it to my close friends first. You guys get first dibs, you get a discount whatever it is, I do think that it could be kind of cool. So I can see it being pretty interesting. I would just have to get really creative and brainstorm some ways that I could use this, but I like it. Also, okay, so we know that TikTok has stories coming out, right? We've been hearing about this for a long time. I personally do not have it. It's so annoying. Andrew gets all of the updates before me, and this man does not even use TikTok. It drives me insane. So he has it. And it's pretty cool. Only people who have stories can see other people's stories as of right now. So if you have literally no idea what I'm talking about, it, uh, TikTok is going to be releasing stories just like Instagram. I was always very curious about like where these were going to live. And so this is what they're testing right now, adding stories to the inbox page. So when you go to that little inbox page, it literally shows the circles across the top just like Instagram does when you're on the home feed. In the show notes, I actually have a link that will show you a photo of what this looks like. So the link is in the description to the show notes. You can pop in there and then see um, a lot more information actually about everything that we have talked about today. Guys, also I have to tell you, I am floored at how incredible our Facebook community is. We have almost 600 creators. This community is the spot, okay, to connect with other creators, ask questions, learn about different experiences, and of course, you know, make new friends who are also creators. Every single day, there has been something new to learn in this group. I'm so blessed to have this community. It's so exciting. If you have not already gotten into our group, you've got to get in there. The community is popping. The link is in the description and I will see you guys there. Welcome Whitney and Allie. I hope you get all of the Pinterest tea that you needed in this episode and let me know how you like it. If you've ever had any questions about Pinterest, which I feel like we kind of all do, you're going to be very excited about our two guests here today. We have Allie and Whitney, owners of Wave, who are going to just give us a ton of information about how to use Pinterest as creators. So thank you, ladies, so much for both being here. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. So excited. Yay. I can't wait. I feel like I get so many questions about Pinterest, and I'm always like, guys, this is not my wheelhouse. Like Someone else knows this better than me. So I've been gathering all of the questions that I've gotten, and we're basically going to go through as many of them as we can today. So 
Let's hear a little bit about WAVE and about both of your backgrounds before we kind of dive into it. Absolutely. Whitney has a very strong marketing background. She's pretty much done marketing forever. And I didn't. So I was kind of doing marketing, Pinterest marketing specifically, as more of a side job. And I fell in love with it and decided to turn it into a career. So I got a bunch of training and then I was going to do my own separate thing. Whitney was going to do her own separate thing. And we were like, what are we doing? We should be (laughs) doing this together. So we decided to join forces. And it's been so amazing to have such a great partner who is like the yin to my yang. I do not do any of the creative (laughs) stuff. I'm like 100% strategy and she's like all creative. So it's really a perfect match. That's so awesome. It really is. (laughs) It's important to find someone who kind of balances you out like that. I, I definitely agree. So tell us a little bit about your company and what you guys offer. Yeah, definitely. So Wave Social is a Pinterest first social media agency. And a lot of people may be confused about what that even means. And we'll get into that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's just get into it right now. So we think of social media as like one cohesive, you know, part of your brand. But Pinterest is a little bit different because when you post on Pinterest, you often need to post 45 days in advance, which I know is kind of crazy (laughs) to just like drop that bomb at the beginning. (laughs) But so... We'll get into like deeper that later, but really that's why we think of it social media as a Pinterest first, because you can plan for Pinterest first and then everything else can trickle down afterwards. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That (laughs) makes sense. It's cool. I honestly. okay, so I'm not even going to wait because I need to know what that whole situation is all about. (laughs) 45 days in advance. See, I would never think to plan 45 days in advance. So give me a little bit of information about why 45 days in advance. Why is that beneficial? Yes. So Pinterest is more of a search engine than it really is social media. So we Mm -hmm. call it a visual search engine. And the way that search engines work is through keywords. So think about when you are about to log into Pinterest. Like typically someone logs into Pinterest because they have some sort of problem that they want to solve. They're like looking for something really specific. In order for things to be searchable on Pinterest, they have to index first. And that process can take a shorter amount of time, but it can take a long amount of time too. And you want your stuff to be indexed before someone's actually looking for it, right? So if you want something for, let's say like a summer barbecue, you want to get that content up before someone starts searching for it, which means Mm. they're looking for it like way before summer really starts, right? Like they're already looking for that idea before it comes up. So you want to make sure that you are posting, especially those time-sensitive things way in advance so that they're up. Okay, that's cool. I mean, that totally makes sense. It just sounded really crazy when you first hit me with that. (laughs) But it makes sense, though. So you're almost, for anything that's timely, you're almost kind of planning like a season in advance. Yes, definitely. And and I think that's really helpful for creators because it forces you to really think far ahead, like what is my plan going to look like? And then with things that are less time sensitive, like Instagram and TikTok, you already kind of know where you're going because you've already been making other content on Pinterest or on your blog or whatever you've been doing there. So it's definitely helpful if you're a planner. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. So for anyone listening, get started planning now for the fall, I guess, right? (laughs) That's definitely for summer. And yeah, for fall too, you might as well get started. That's so cool. Okay. That makes sense. So For creators that kind of like put all of their eggs in the baskets of TikTok and Instagram, and maybe they just use Pinterest as kind of like their own, you know, personal use. Maybe they're looking for inspiration or again, planning a summer barbecue. What are kind of like the biggest benefits of them coming to Pinterest and like really taking the time to like, quote, like take it seriously, as people say? Whitney, you should answer this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So I think being somebody who was a creator, I have a wellness creator Pinterest account and I used to have one on Pinterest, but I actually or on Instagram, but I actually shut down my Instagram account right at the beginning of the pandemic to focus solely on creating on Pinterest. And it has been amazing for me to do that. And the reason I did that was it was just too much. And I know a lot of creators will say that like, all the platforms, all the things, it's just too much. And so I took the place where I was getting the most benefits 
and generating the most leads to my website. And that was Pinterest. I said, okay, that's what I'm going to focus on because those are the people who are engaging with my type of content the most. And they're actually clicking through. They want to know more about me. They're just not like watching it and giving me a like. Like they want to know more about me and how to get in touch. So I focused and honed in on that. And that's really where Pinterest can be amazing for creators is the creators who are looking to generate leads, whether that's to a service, a product, it's huge for affiliate sales. And there are other platforms that are great for all of those things too, but they just may not get the user or your follower to like click through and really start engaging with you in another place. You can have somebody who's a huge fan of you on Instagram, follow you for years, but do they ever take that next step? Right. And pinners are ready to take that next step. Again, like Ali said, they're already searching, looking for a solution to a problem or trying to find inspiration for a wedding or whatever it is that they're looking for. They're already in that mindset. They want the answer right. now. So yeah, they're like ready. It's almost like I never really thought about this, but as you're saying it, I'm like between especially like Instagram and TikTok, but Pinterest is one of the few platforms that actually lets you go other places, you know, like in we can do it on on Instagram stories or, you know, things like that. But on like a feed post or on a TikTok video, like you can't necessarily click and go somewhere else. So that is Mm -hmm. actually a really good point. It makes it a lot easier for the user. Yeah. And Pinterest wants it. They encourage it. You know, that's the basis of their platform is actually to kind of get you off of their platform, which is really unique. Pinterest, we like to say, is a Google search engine first and foremost before it's social media. You know, they're helping you solve your problem. They help helping you plan for your big events. So they want you off the platform because they know you're going to come back when you have your next problem. Yeah, exactly. That's a, a really good point. So speaking of kind of like keywords and finding things that you're looking for. I mean, obviously you guys have already said it a few times, but I've also heard it a million times about how important keywords are on Pinterest. Again, because it is more of like a search engine than it is a social media platform. So with keywords, what is kind of the best way for a creator to be researching keywords to use on the platform? So my favorite way is just by using their search bar. And when you type into the search bar, it comes up with the predictive text and all of those things are keywords. So for example, if you're like a fashion creator and you're looking for fall outfit inspiration, you could just type in fall outfit and then take note of all of the things that come up. Hmm. For some users, they've just brought back these really cool little bubbles. So if you type in something like fall outfit, there will be these colorful bubbles that come up at the top of your search. And each of those are also a keyword that kind of add on to the original one. So that's another great way. And then also just kind of looking at people who have a bigger following or a larger engagement than you and just kind of checking out what keywords they use. That can also be really helpful. And then the last one that I love is just doing a search for something that's kind of in your niche and then looking at some of the top pins. What are those keywords that are coming up? and taking note of that. And it's very similar to like a hashtag list. You just kind of keep a list of all of your best keywords that you want to consistently use so that the algorithm kind of knows what your content is about. Okay. Yeah. As you were kind of giving that explanation, all I could think about was hashtags. I was like, oh, it's so similar. Like, you know, you, you look at your other people, you look at what comes up when you search different words. It's kind of the same situation. So That makes sense. But I'm curious, like with the option of like looking in the search bar and then, you know, you type in the word and and what comes up is kind of like some keywords that you can use. Is there a way to tell which ones are better than others, I guess? Or like, is there a way to tell which ones like rank higher or does that not really happen so much? And again, thinking about comparing it to hashtags. Yeah, I think all of it is third party at this point for the things that you can actually really see the reach. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if you really are you are strongly aware of your niche and who's looking for you and you understand your audience, you'll have a really easy time figuring out okay. what keywords are going to be most beneficial. And the other nice thing is that it's not like hashtags where they're recommending five right now. You can really keyword up every pin and have <laughs> like 25, 30, 40 okay. keywords if you get really good at SEO writing. So that's a skill that's helpful. And then any of those keywords become searchable. So you almost don't even really need to know which ones get the best reach as long as you really understand what your content is and like what the person's going to be looking for. Okay, that makes sense. So 
you mentioned kind of like these third party options to see a little bit more in depth analytics. I'm like a freak with numbers. I love looking at numbers and being able to like, you know, dissect why things happen and all of that. So are there any like good ones that you would recommend to look into? You know, I haven't really tried any myself because I haven't really felt the need. I know there is one. I just cannot remember it off the top of my head. So I'll have to find it and share it with (laughs) you. Yeah, share it with us. I'll put it in the description of the episode. Yeah, I'm curious though. But it's a good point. Like if you don't need it, it's kind of nice not to need it. It's just one less thing you have to like go and look into and pay attention to. So I I almost appreciate that you don't need it. (laughs) Yeah, Pinterest does so well with their analytics yeah. with giving you all of the details that you need. And we couple that like with the creators that we work with. We couple Pinterest analytics with Google analytics. And with those two together, we pretty much get all the data we need as far okay. as what's performing well. And then we often can know, okay, these keywords of this content is doing really well right now. So maybe let's inspire our creator to create more content like okay. this one. Yeah, that makes sense. With all of the keywords, I guess, where are the different places that you would be putting them? Like, I obviously know they're going like somewhere in with the pins or the idea pins or whatever, but like specifically, where are you putting all of these keywords? So keywords can go in your profile. So even in your name, you can throw a keyword in with your name. Those all come up in search. So we know that those are searchable keywords. Okay. In your profile description. Your board titles are all considered keywords. Your board descriptions are all considered keywords. And then the title of your pin and the description of your pin are all keywords. So all of those things kind of work together to help the algorithm make sense of the content that you're sharing. So if you get really good at keywords, you can have like a board that is about the topic that you are writing about with great keywords in all of those places. And then you write a pin description with a great title and then you pin it to that board. And it almost is like it links the board descriptions to the pin descriptions. And then, ta-da, you've just unlocked like a million different people looking for your content. That's really cool. It's it's almost like a little Pinterest hack. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you one on top of that. For keywords, when you're creating your pin, the design, whether you're using Canva or whatever you use, that first pin, that first still image, the text that you put on there is read by the algorithm. And those are keywords too. Crazy. Like, how does it do that? Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) How? It's getting so, so complicated (laughs) and technical. It's insane. It's like almost creepy how smart these like platforms are getting. I'm just like, should I be worried? Like, it's crazy. I Also, you did mention like we were just talking about kind of like using keywords, but also the whole hashtag thing. So on Pinterest, do you need to put anything in a hashtag? Like sometimes I see people in the captions writing a bunch of hashtags. Do you need hashtags or can you literally just put like the word comma word comma? You really don't need hashtags at all. Okay. My personal recommendation, and this is what's the strategy that's worked well to grow a lot of our partners' followings, is to write like a normal person because what you're trying to do is you're trying to give the user a good experience, right? You want them to click through that link. And so it's not always a great experience to see just kind of a list of hashtags. Like we we all know that we don't really like that. So if you kind of write in plain English, but you still are adding a lot of keywords, it's going to help convince someone to click through and actually go to your page. That makes sense. That makes sense. So uh, kind of moving away from keywords a little bit, but I'm curious about growth on Pinterest because I know there's almost like two different ways to measure like, are you having six? I guess there's more than two ways, but I'm thinking of like following number versus like monthly views numbers as creators, is there one that we should be paying attention to more? Like, should we be really aiming to get people to follow us on Pinterest in order to, you know, again, like monetize more? Or is it really just about those views? All right. Like if you go to a Pinterest account that you don't follow, it's not yours, it's someone else's. You can see their followers and you can see their monthly viewers. Pinterest really strongly believes that monthly viewers are important. They're starting to say that Followers are important as well, but you can get your account to thousands, almost millions of people with a very small following. So for example, when I hit a million views on my Pinterest account, I had about, I think it was maybe 3,000 people following me, but a million people were seeing my content. 
So you really want that to get as high as you can because just because someone is seeing your content, they may not follow you, but your pins are still getting actively engaged with a whole new audience that is you're reaching because of the keywords. They're, okay. they're reaching them because they're searching for those things. Maybe they're interested in what your content is because they're in a very specific part in their life and maybe they're not going to use it long-term. So maybe they don't give you a follow, That's but a they're point. interacting with, with it when they need it most. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I always like, again, when I do go onto someone else's page or even when I go onto my own, I feel like I never look at my follower number. I'm always just like, mm-hmm. what's the monthly views? Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting. Like Pinterest, you know, you look at your monthly views versus followers versus Instagram or TikTok, like everyone only pays attention to their follower number. So it's mm-hmm. so different, but I like it more yeah. because I feel like it's almost nice that it fluctuates sometimes. So like, it doesn't feel like you're Oh, if you lose 10 followers, it's like you can notice, you know, like my Pinterest mm-hmm. goes up and down and up and down. Mm-hmm. And I like care about it so much less because I, then I do Instagram. I feel like it's just almost like less pressure, I guess. Mm-hmm. For sure. I agree. Yeah. And the other number I want to say is engagements. And I don't know if okay. that was what you're going to say, but when you are in analytics, your own personal analytics, you can't see this from the outside. Okay. But if you look at your number of engagements, that's how you can really tell okay, if I'm getting shown to a million people, how many people are actually engaging? And then you can figure out, you know, how well your account's doing that way. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to add too, is that you're definitely going to have an increase in engagements because you have a following, because then your stuff gets shown to that group of people. But that being said, you can for sure have tons of engagements without having a huge following. So I don't want people to think that having a huge number of views is super important. It's that engagement that's super important because that's where all of the good stuff's going to come from, right? right? That's when they're going to your page or they're following you or you're getting comments. So having high engagement, I think, is important for all of the platforms and Pinterest is no different. Okay, that makes sense. So when you say engagement, what exactly does that consist of? So engagement is anything outside of just a view. So it could be they click on the pin to make it bigger. Mm -hmm. It could be that they write a comment, they save it, they like it, they share it, they actually click through. So any of those things kind of count as engagement numbers. And similar to Instagram, like when you're getting comments on a pin, is it important that you're like responding back to them and stuff like you would on Instagram? I would say yes, because it increases the likelihood that they're going to be like, okay, I want to follow this person. I want more from them. I always think it's a good idea to okay. start commenting back on people. And it's so funny because that was never the case with Pinterest until probably the last few months when they really started pushing idea pins big. Okay. And now we're spending a few, you know, 10 minutes every day kind of commenting on people's right. comments, writing back to them, sharing new stuff with them. But it has really helped engagement numbers for sure. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I actually want to talk a little bit about idea pins and things like that. I guess my first question, and this might lead into idea pins, what would you say is like the best way for creators to repurpose their Instagram reels or like their TikTok content for Pinterest? And bonus points if your answer helps us basically grow those other accounts. Definitely. So I'm going to give you two answers to this. First, if you're a beginner on Pinterest, Mm -hmm. my best advice to you is to, before you add text to your TikTok or your reel, download it without the text on it. Because like we said a few minutes ago, we want those juicy keywords in Mm -hmm. text in Pinterest rather than from a third party. So try to add your text in app on idea pins rather than like just taking a blank, you know, copy and sticking it on there. You're going to get further in the beginning because you want to tell Pinterest when you're first starting out who you are, what you're talking about, what your content is. But if you have an established Pinterest account already, you can pretty much get away with a direct copy as long as you're changing your description and keywording your description. Okay. And not just like taking your Instagram description and putting it over because the Instagram description is typically shorter. Right. And it's not necessarily as keyword heavy. There might be a bunch of emojis in there. Who knows how your branding is? So you really want to utilize the keywords in the long description for idea pins on both sides, whether you're just starting out or not. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So with idea pins, how are we supposed to decide like 
this piece of content? Should it be an idea pin or a regular pin? I get the difference of like where they live, but in terms of performance, how do we know which one would be better for certain kinds of content? So I think a good way to think about this is to go back to what are people actually using Pinterest for? And for the most part, it's to solve a problem that they have. So unlike Instagram or TikTok, where a lot of people are logging in because they're trying to waste time, you know, they're just logging in because they want to scroll and see what's going on or they just want to waste a couple of minutes or hours. (laughs) They're logging into Pinterest. (laughs) They're logging into Pinterest because they have something specific, like maybe they want to learn a new skill or they are looking for a new website that they need to go to or a product even. Mm -hmm. So I tend to say if it's inspirational content or it's educational content, it should definitely live on Pinterest. Okay. And then in terms of like an idea pin versus a regular pin. So like if it is something, again, I I know where like an idea pin would come up, but like what would make someone click on an idea pin versus a regular pin? Okay. So if you are a creator who has a service or a program Mm -hmm. or something you want your audience to join and engage with, then you're going to have that link probably on your website or, you know, some other place. So you want them to click through. That's going to be a static pin. So not an idea pin. And for idea pins, you can add your fun content that's inspirational, that tells the creator about you. And you can even do, I don't know, like a makeup haul and tag all your affiliate links in that instead of creating a whole blog post. Or you can do both, create a blog post with the affiliate links in it and link the static pin there. And then while you're making your blog post and taking your pictures, do a quick video idea pin and then link all your affiliate links there too. That way you have two places where your audience can find your affiliate links. Okay, that makes sense. So would it be fair to kind of say that idea pins are similar to like Instagram stories where they're a little more casual? They're not like the pin that's going to be performing like crazy. Like they're almost more just kind of like to tell the story. I think that's true, except for stories, you know, only have a 24-hour, you know, lifespan. But idea pins can continue to be your number one performing pin, even like two years later. So keep in mind that content will continue to be shown. Like, you don't want to jump on and be like, happy Mother's Day. Like, this is what we're doing, you know, because it's it's just not going to be applicable a year later. Okay, more evergreen. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. How would you say you can kind of get people to almost be encouraged to click on the pin and actually like go somewhere instead of just saving it and, you know, like looking at the pictures? Because I know that's kind of the point. You know, again, this is more of a search engine. You want to find what you're looking for and then go somewhere else. I feel like I look through so many pins that I never actually click through and go places. So what is the best way, I guess, with like the actual copy or with the graphics that would make people want to actually go somewhere? This is such a good question because I think it really depends on your niche and the people that would want to follow you. Thinking about like a fashion niche Mm-hmm. People are going to be saving those pins because they they want to be inspired by the outfit, but they maybe don't necessarily want to actually yes. purchase something. So if you're actually selling the item or you want people to see it, you're going to want to write a CTA that gets people to be like, oh, yeah, got to click through and find out more. So okay. for thinking about that, just a picture might just be inspirational. But if you write the copy that's going to get them to kind of move through, then that might be good. But then for some things, it is better to have that text overlay on a pin where the pin itself is giving the CTA or it makes them actually want to click and read the description so they can decide if they're going to go through. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there, I guess, like how would you decide something should have the text on the graphic versus like, let's just keep it in the caption? I would honestly just test and see what works better for your audience. Makes sense. It is a little bit like you just kind of have to try things and see what works. But that's also the nice thing about Pinterest. Like you said, it's not that big of a deal if you lose a few followers because 
they're still going to be pushing out your content yeah, no matter what. So it's almost like you can try things out without having to worry about, oh, well, this pin failed, but what can I learn from it? Instead of like, oh, this pin failed and now I'm losing all these followers and <laughs> yeah. this is mm-hmm. messing up so much. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was just going to give a tip for like if you're a fashion influencer, how to do that on Pinterest. Yeah. um, Just to kind of give you an idea of how to test that. So say you had a pair of jeans or cute pants or cute bottoms of any kind and you made the picture cropped just at the jeans and that was kind of like the image. And then you could do another image where it pans just a bit higher where you can see like just a smidge of like your top. And then you could do text over the that points to the top that's like, click to find out what I paired these jeans with. So they would be like enticed to click through and then you can have both of your affiliate links on your blog. Okay, love that idea. That's really great. Speaking of blogs, do you feel like most creators who are really successful with Pinterest are creators who are driving people back to their blogs? Like if they didn't have a service, you know, blog versus your social media platforms. Do you feel like one has more success than the other? I would say it used to be true that you really did kind of need a blog in order Mm -hmm. to be successful on Pinterest, which I think people still really think that. When they think of Pinterest, they think of mommy bloggers for the most part, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is kind of funny because I think we all go to Pinterest for stuff other than that too. So many different things. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But now with idea pins, you don't even need a website. You don't actually have to link anything. So you really don't necessarily need a blog. It just really depends on where are you trying to push traffic to. If you really want to be growing your Instagram following, maybe you use your Instagram links. It might not get as great of distribution because, you know, Pinterest doesn't really want to be competing with Instagram. Yeah. But it still might be helpful if that's something that you're interested in growing. Or if you do have a website, yes, it's definitely helpful to be pushing people there, but it's not necessary anymore to have a blog specifically. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting. I feel like you're right. Like I always thought, oh, like I don't really make blog posts. So will I really have success on Pinterest? Because like I didn't want to put all this time and energy into it without knowing if that was going to work or not. But yeah, it's good to know. I think it's so many know. people think that too. There, it's like oh, another platform. Do I? Yeah. Do I really want to get into this? But exactly. that's one of the huge benefits of Pinterest is that you can put in a little bit of time into it, and then it continues to be distributed. Unlike Instagram, you post something in <laughs> stories, and then twenty four hours later, it's gone. Exactly. Reels, you get like maybe a week of reach and then it kind of just falls away. Pinterest is they push it out immediately and then people search for it forever. So yeah. Whitney's got a pin that she made, I think, two years ago. Whitney, is that right? Yeah. And it's still getting it's still- millions of views and so much engagement even two years so later. It's crazy. And it's the worst quality too. Like every oh. time I see it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, one, I can't believe I posted that. Two, I can't believe it's my top pin. That's so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it's always the ones that you don't want to perform well I that know. you just like oh, throw it up that it like goes crazy and haunts you for life. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> oh my That's gosh. how you know you've funny. made it. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's funny. I, years ago, probably again around the pandemic time, I found this recipe on TikTok. It was a recipe video and I had it saved to my phone and I kept getting annoyed with having to go into my phone. I was in versus like having it on my Pinterest board. So I was like, I'm just going to put it on my Pinterest board. And it blew up. This was years ago. And same thing. It's still, it's That's not so even funny. my recipe. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like it's just some random video that I found, but it's like people are in the comments. They're like, oh, can I try maple syrup with this instead? I'm like, don't ask me. I have no <laughs> I <don't> idea. Know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, go ask the person whose watermark is all over this. I just wanted to eat it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it's it's crazy how they really do like they can live forever. <laughs> forever. So yeah. again, make sure whatever you put on there, you're comfortable with it living yeah. on and on and on. That's a good point. That's a very good point. So with kind of planning pins and idea pins and things like that, is there kind of a number of each different type of pin that we should be aiming to post each week? And then also kind of part two of that question, 
if I have a pin that, you know, I've planned, it goes live and it does really well, should I be like reposting a different version of that multiple times? Is that something I should put into my plan? So for the question about how often should I be posting, I would say as often as you're comfortable posting idea pins without completely burning out. There isn't really a magic number. Yeah, there isn't really a magic number for what's going to do well or not. We recommend when you first start out trying to do one a week and you're still going to get great reach from just the one a week. Okay. And as far as static pins, so static pins are the ones that link out. Anytime you are creating a new link, Pinterest is going to promote that new link more than it would for something that you've already posted before. So if you, for example, write a new blog post or maybe you start a new service, even like a new Etsy product, for example, it's going to get more reach than something that you've already posted before. However, making a new pin for a link that you've already posted, even using the same photo, but just like maybe you crop it differently or you just change the text on top of it. It's kind of like the mid-level pin. So it's not going to get as great of reach as a brand new link with a brand new pin, but it's going to get better reach than an old pin with the exact same. Okay. That makes sense. Is there kind of a number you would say that's almost like overdoing it like you said one idea pin a week and for me I'm just like oh my god that's it that's great but what if I wanted to post like 10 idea pins a week I probably won't do that but just out of curiosity (laughs) is there like an overdoing it point I will say that Pinterest has told some of their creators to try not to go over 25 a week Okay. And there are some creators who do really great just posting one a day or one every other day. Some do really great posting one a week. And then I've had friends who have tested like creating like twice a day. Mm-hmm. And like some were like, yes, I'm crushing it. And others were like, oh, my account tanked. So you just want to okay. kind of just test it out and watch your analytics really. Okay. More trial and error. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's kind of the what it comes down to on all of the platforms. Like, oh, is there a number of things I should be doing or should I be doing this or this? It's like, you have to just test it, see what happens. And then, you know, you make educated decisions from there. But I feel like everyone's account and everyone's audience is going to be a little bit different. So it's hard to give like a blanket answer in most situations. For sure. The other tricky thing with Pinterest is that because of the algorithm needing that time to actually index pins, things might not actually start getting good numbers until 30 days. And so Mm -hmm. I think a big mistake that people make when they first come over to Pinterest is they'll start posting and they'll be kind of disappointed like, oh, this only got like 10, 30 views. And then they kind of stop. And then if really, if you continue a strategy for three months, you're going to see growth. So just kind of commit for that three months and yeah commit to one strategy and trying one thing and then just kind of see what happens. So yes, don't get disappointed if in the first 30 days you're not seeing these huge numbers because you might not. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> Something that I feel like every creator does not have a lot of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but with for Pinterest, sure. You need the patience. I like yes. Definitely. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this whole kind of like monetizing on Pinterest situation with creator rewards. This is something that I had previously done an episode based on a few months ago at this point, and it was just coming out. So we Mm -hmm. didn't really get to talk too much about it. So for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what it is, I'd love to have you guys just kind of explain what it is. But I'm also curious, you know, who can utilize them? How do we utilize them? Absolutely. Creative Rewards is in what they call early release. I think early access, actually. But for the most part, anyone can get it. And it's a really Pinterest answer to a creator fund. Mm -hmm. You can join it if you are in the U.S., over 18 years old, and have at least a thousand followers on Pinterest, I believe. You also need to have created at least three idea pins that are not like copies from Instagram or TikTok. So authentic idea pins made for Pinterest. And then once you've kind of hit those checkboxes, it should pop up in your app if you're on iOS. And if not, I can put, we'll put it in the show notes where you can contact if it hasn't popped up for you. Perfect. But for the most part, that's what you need to do to be able to have access. 
Okay. And this is basically just a system where they give you like a prompt and then you can kind of like check that box and make that amount of money. Is that right? Yeah. So they change it up every month. Um, For example, one of the last ones that I saw was if you complete one idea pin per week, that's part of a series. So say you do, you know, like you're redoing part of your home or an spring outfit series or something and it all connects together if you do one a week it was like sixteen hundred dollars for just four idea pins and it does not matter how many times it was played it does not matter how many times it was saved like no rewards i know just post it and we're paying you damn did pinterest hit the lottery or something that's a (laughs) lot of money to sixteen hundred dollars for some idea pins like i'll do it (laughs) the creator rewards right now are unbelievable Yeah, it's crazy. They invested so much money to get this program kind of off the ground. And obviously the purpose of doing this is because they really want creators to get invested in Pinterest. Right. So getting to that first thousand followers and then you unlock so much opportunity. And the other really nice thing that I think is a huge thing in the creator world is that a lot of times when you are waiting to get paid, it's like you have to get you have to wait a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sometimes 90 days for payments or more. And with creator rewards, you get paid the very next month for all of the stuff that you submitted. So it's That's almost really like awesome. once you start creating, you can depend a little bit more on that money because you yeah. know it's going to come to you the very next month. Yeah, you can really plan for it, too. So at the okay. end of the month, you'll be able to see what rewards are coming up for the next month. So you mm. can sit down and say, OK, I'm going to content plan to hit all of these rewards. And then you can actually calculate an estimate of what your income will be just from Pinterest. That's great. That is so awesome. I feel like that's probably the best creator reward system of all the platforms at this point. Uh, TikTok, I feel like, is a joke. (laughs) Instagram, (laughs) also kind of a joke, but not Uh as bad of a joke as TikTok's is. Do you guys know how long this is? Like, did they say, are they doing this forever? I doubt it. They have not said. Yeah, I would be shocked if they keep this level of rewards for a super long time so getting in now would be yeah the best way to really maximize your payouts they have really expanded their resident creator program and Whitney actually was a resident creator at Pinterest so I'll have her talk a little bit more about the program but they're really working right now on getting more brands to get committed to Pinterest and so they have just started allowing for paid partnership tags on Pinterest. And they're really starting to push in that direction too, so that they can expand the program to a lot of different people. So Whitney should talk about the resident creator program. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to be one of the resident creators in the first residency whatsoever. So when Pinterest kicked off of working with creators, they emailed me and it was so funny. All of the creators bonded on this because when we all got our email, we were like, is this, this isn't spam? Real. <laughs> this can't be real. Like little old me, you want to work with me? Right. <laughs> we didn't even know Pinterest did this. So we got to work with them over the last couple of years through different programs. And it has been absolutely amazing to just give feedback to Pinterest and say like we as creators really love this or like absolutely dislike this right and right now they've just started their cohort number two their residency number two so they're doing it again and it sounds like they're going to continue doing this as they build out new features for creators and from what I know Obviously, I can't give out some details, but from what I know, there's still more really cool features coming for creators. So they're going to be doing this for a little bit, it sounds like. And the best thing about it is there's actually a place where you can go once you are accepted into creator rewards. There's like a creator forum that you can go to for creators and you can actually talk to Pinterest, get help. Even if you're not part of the residency, you can actually interact with people at Pinterest and talk about what's going well, what's not going well. You can submit your own idea pins to be featured on the Today tab. There's a lot of places that Pinterest kind of like removes that wall of being unreachable, whereas other platforms really feel like they're unreachable to creators period. (laughs) Right. No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. That is so cool. I love that they like get people so involved and they're actually like, 
I don't know. It seems like from what you guys have told me and from what I've seen, like they actually care more than mm-hmm. the other platforms do. Because again, I feel like with the different, you know, creator funds and things like that for TikTok and Instagram, like you're getting pennies for what you're doing. <laughs> and obviously yeah. it's so much work, but then you see Adam Masseri pop up on your screen and he's like, we care about creators. And I'm like, you don't. And then he throws Do you, you a panic attack right <laughs> yeah, after that. Literally every single day, I'm just like, why? Oh, his face pops up and I'm just like anxiety immediately. <laughs> Whereas with Pinterest, you can pop on to the creators hub once you're accepted into creator rewards and say, hey, this is happening to me. Is this happening awesome. to anyone else? And someone from Pinterest will be like, let me take that to the developers and find out what's going on. I'll get back to you. And it's wow. like, what? It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's like that. I just saw some commercial the other day. I think it was like a State Farm commercial. And it was like these people talking about their experience with State Farm. And he was like, yeah, they're going to call me back tomorrow. It's the same person calling me back. You just like the customer service is so crazy because in so many of these big companies, you don't ever get to talk to like the same person ever, you know, like multiple times. So that is really cool. I like that a lot. Um. Curious. So thinking about this paid partnership idea, how easy, I guess, would it be for creators to monetize with brands on Pinterest? Because like, obviously, for most creators, I would say, you know, they're doing Instagram partnerships. TikTok is, you know, starting to become more popular with partnerships. But like you very rarely hear people doing a Pinterest partnership as of right now. I'm sure they're working on having that change. But how common is that? And like, I guess another question would be like, how are you supposed to figure out what to charge for that? It's a hot mess. Yeah. So there's two ways to go about it. Obviously, you can pitch to the brand if you are noticing you're succeeding and doing well on Pinterest, which is like its whole other thing, because doing a Pinterest media kit versus like your regular media kit, they're going to be like, why don't you have a lot of followers on Pinterest? Like you kind of have to educate the brands and the process if you're pitching to them as to like what Pinterest is about and how it works and why it's important. And that, you know, this isn't just going to be for the day. Like this content is going to reach people for years and you can really sell them on that. It's like, oh, like show me a pin that you did before, you know, show me those analytics and you can show them, see, I posted this years ago. It's a similar niche, similar topic, and we're still getting a lot of engagement and this could be your pin. So you have to do a little bit of education. However, if you are a creator and you um, get into creator rewards, so you're starting to make money through that in the creator hub on the app, you'll actually see there's like two different sections right now. There's earn and then there's something else that's just helping you get inspired. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much I can say, but I will just say it will be easier to connect with brands in the Creator Hub at some point okay. in some time. Okay. We'll take that and do what we will with it. <laughs> it's no, still that's very cool. early days. Yeah. It's yeah, early right days. At the beginning. Yeah. And we all know that them. the sooner you get in on something that gets big, the yes. more likely you are to get big with that platform. So Honestly, right now is for sure the best time to start really investing in Pinterest. Yeah. Oh, I love that. As I just hired a Pinterest manager like last week. Yay. Yay. (laughs) So that works out very well. Yeah, I'm really excited. It almost makes me want to quit Instagram and TikTok and just do Pinterest now. (laughs) I I think I've heard that from so many people. (laughs) It's tempting. Like, think about not having to like show your face on stories every day. Oh, it just feels like it would be like. Not easier, but a different kind of... It's a breath of (laughs) fresh air, that's for sure. Like you, when you post on stories or anywhere on other platforms, you're like racing for like this 24 hours or this maybe a week of getting your content shown. Whereas Pinterest, you put it out there and you just kind of know like, okay, I have valuable content and people are searching for my answers or my style or however I'm going to inspire like inspire somebody someone's searching for it and you're just going to put it out there and it could happen tomorrow it could happen in a month but either way like your content lives on you don't have to worry about this like anxiety of like is it going to hit you know it definitely feels like it's more quality over quantity whereas Instagram expects quantity and quality all at the same Mm -hmm. time but it's like I don't have (laughs) like capacity to do that and make it hit for every post. But it's nice with Pinterest where you can like really take the time to like plan out, think out awesome ideas, get all your keywords, 
And then it's just like you let it do its thing and you just watch it flourish. I love that. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> and then if it bombs, it doesn't really matter because you have other stuff that's going to continue exactly. to bring growth. So it's like, ah, bombed. Oh, well. Yeah. There's You definitely don't feel that way with other platforms. It's oh, yeah. a lot more that's dread sure. when something doesn't hit. Very good point. Yeah. So for anyone listening right now, if you're not on Pinterest, I feel like we definitely just kind of talked you into it (laughs) between all of the information and just, again, like the idea of it being a little bit different from what we're used to with Instagram and TikTok. So I love that. Thank you guys so much for being here and for going through all of this. It honestly was such a great, I'm so selfish over here. I'm just like asking all my own questions, but like <laughs> it really is so helpful. And again, I get so many questions about Pinterest. I'm sure this answered all of them and I will make sure that I drive everyone back here because you guys did a great job of explaining everything. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're so and, excited. Yes. And all of your information I'm going to have down in the description. So for anyone listening, Go give the company a follow. Go give these ladies a follow. And I'm sure that their DMs are open if you have any other questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you loved every minute. If you learned something new, drop us a review and let us know what you learned. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more, definitely send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kboosk. See you next week.